Hola, and welcome to Word to Your Mama. Word to Your Mama is a podcast about the life of a Latina creative, that's me, and the lives of my amazing multicultural tribe, a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Segments by the Supernatural Bear, that's my little man, he's 10 going on 40 because he's an old soul, but other than that, this podcast will be explicit. Please believe it. Now, why do I have a wide range of peeps on here? It's because I come from the music, art, and Web3 industries. Word to Your Mama comes out every Monday. Welcome to episode 122. Today, we have Linda Garcia. She is founder of In Lose We Trust. She's a Latina financial educator. And it was great to have someone on here that really speaks spoke to me on so many different levels. And and one of the main ones is, you know, I'm a creative and I don't just stick to one lane and I've done so many things. That's why I've, I've lived so many different lives. And that's why you guys get this, you know, quality level of, of guests, you know, Academy Award winners, Emmy Award winners, you know, activists and all kinds of things. Because I, I love so many, I have so many interests. And and, and one thing that I kind of struggled with because, I you know, I start, started at a certain time was being myself and being true to myself, but still being in these spaces and taking up these spaces. Well, Linda Garcia, she she's a kindred spirit because she's a, 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 a you know, a wealth generator. She's out here teaching our communities and other marginalized communities about the stock market and and financial literacy and healing these money wounds. But one thing that we talk about in the episode is that she doesn't compromise who she is. She's in these white male dominated spaces, but she's like, you know what? This is me. Hip hop informs what I do. I'm not going to assimilate. I'm not going to make it so that you feel comfortable to allow me to be in this space. Nah. And I love that about her. So she's, like I said, she's Latina founder. She's a wealth generator. And she talks about how you have to heal the money wounds before you can generate wealth and how money is spiritual, which I think is fascinating. I think when you hear her speak on it, it makes more sense, you know, because she went from having a podcast talking about the spiritual journey to going into to you know to money to teaching peeps about the stock market and stuff like that also um she talks about how money is the reflection of your self-worth um how much imp- hip, hip, how much hip-hop has impacted her life and then we get into the release of her upcoming first book yeah that's right she's a pub- she's going to be a published author it's called wealth warrior eight steps for communities of color to conquer the stock market and we talk about so much more so yes linda garcia let's get into this I was like, yes, love that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. So, so let's start off the way I start off all the time. Como estas? How are you doing today? Have you been? Wow. It feels like such a loaded question sometimes, you know, (laughs) like I feel like we hardly ever really stop to check in with one another. So when it actually happens, 
Um, and I want to be honest, I, you know, I'm doing, I'm like in the zone right now. I'm in this space where I'm in the zone and it's one thing after the other. I think I've been mentally preparing for this moment for the last year as we've been going through the writing process of the book and now it's here and now I feel like I'm coming out of my dungeon in my home <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm here. <laughs> so it's been a great process so far. It has. It really, really has. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So before we get into the book and stuff, I wanted to kind of take it back. I, you know, doing my research, you're, you're um, born and raised in Cali, but then now you're in Texas. So what part of Cali, how long, give us the numbers. So, and how yeah. much have you, you know, how much has Cali impacted you in the era you, you were raised in? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I really feel like I'm half Texan and half California native because my mom and my father actually conceived me here. And then at oh. eight months, they moved to California and then I was born in California and I was born in San Clemente, California. So the southernmost part of California, I grew up in a small town called San Juan Capistrano, um, which was for me, absolute magic. There were there's so much land and just nature. I was surrounded by nature. And then you also get like the other side of it, which was like the mission and mm. the history that's rooted in the mission. And, and San Juan is very rooted in all of their history. So there's like a lot of energy there, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I grew up. Um, Southern OC. And then I headed to Texas when I was 12 and then back to California when I was 27 oh. and then back to Texas at 40. So I've just been back and forth between both places. So they both have impacted me in extraordinary ways. Like I wasn't locked into the California bubble, like mm. growing up in um, like a Latinx space. I got to like witness harsh racism in I Texas bet. and things like that exposure to that exposure to like so many Latinos have assimilated in a in a different way in Texas exposure to that so it's I been bet. interesting so I don't you're like the first person of color that I know from that area of California right so give us the makeup the demo First of all, are you first gen? Second, like where, where in the? Yeah, my parents were born in Mexico. Um, so they're immigrants. Yes. So so what is when you those those first formative years of you being, you know, San Clemente and stuff. Were you was it Latino? Was it people of color, all white? Like, what did you grow up in? Yeah, so. In my early, early years, I knew of one other um, Latina girl who her parents were my parents' friends as well. So we were surrounded by nothing but white folks. Yeah. And um, we were in low income housing neighborhood, but it was all white, a couple of blacks and mainly Latinos. But we were all in a low income housing area. 
Um, so yeah, that was really interesting growing up in that space. Cause you know, I really didn't see, I didn't even know I was poor and I was much more poor than everyone there. And my little friends made sure to point that out. (laughs) So they informed me that I was poor. And then I came home crying to my mom, like we're poor, (laughs) uh, which was, you know, interesting. But then, uh, we, we moved shortly after that into San Juan Capistrano and in San Juan, there was pockets of Brown folks. There was pockets of Mexicanos and, because I had just come from a white neighborhood, I would get picked on because I talked like a white girl. So uh, that was always a thing. You talk like a white girl, you're not one of us. And yeah. yeah. So that so. made it that made an impact, I'm sure. Like what a what a um like a mind like a mind fuck. Like coming, being Latina, being you know, lower income, like social economical level, but being surrounded by by other whites in that same, like, what a, that's, that's so fascinating to me, you know? And, yeah. and, and we'll get to it because I want to see how all of this co- goes into, you know, what you're doing, your, how, you know, how you got to this point with your book. Um, but I wanted to mention, so I know of you because Rita, she's the founder of Latina Podcasters Network, the, the podcast, the network that we're on. So when I was like, oh, she has a podcast. So you were one of her guests, right? And I was like, oh, this is dope. This is, you know, Latina. She's talking about stuff that you don't really see Latinas talking about, you know, uh, wealth, stocks, like all these things, right? And then I was like, let me check. I was like, I remember I was cleaning. It was like bathroom cleaning day. So I had my headphones and I'm just like cleaning. I was like, let me, who's this? Let me check out her, her website. And the reason why I'm so drawn to you is because of this. You cannot tell me that hip hop wasn't a huge part of your life because I was like going on your site and I was like, okay, before this episode, I did research because I say it a certain way. I asked my Bronx friends. I asked my queen friends. The coogie, the coogie sweater. You're wearing that, right? And yes. then I'm looking on the site. And then if you have a program that you were doing, I don't know if you still have it. It, it, it was called Ream. Wealth yeah. rules everything. And I was like, this is Soul Sisters. Because hip hop is has, imp- it, I always say music saved my life. People are like, oh, she says this all the time. I Hip hop has saved my life. Like I have everything yeah. I have right now is, is impacted because of hip hop. So please tell me. Yeah. How how did you get there? Like what what is your impact? Like how... I mean, it was all hip hop, the aesthetic, the everything. Yes, yes. So growing up, you know, I didn't feel like I belonged to anything. You can imagine why. We just kind of covered that right now. I didn't feel like I belonged to anything. And then when I saw like Latinas on television or in any sort of media, it was all via telenovelas, which was like I could not relate to that at all. Yeah. yeah. And I was born in 1980. And, you know, I was yo MTV raps in my bedroom every single day, you know, (laughs) and just like had my little boom box. And sometimes I'd record (laughs) songs from MTV from yo MTV raps so that I could re-listen to it later. Like 
that was my place where I belonged. It was my bedroom. It was my posters. It was my boombox. It was MTV raps. It was like, that was, it was, it gave me freedom almost to express myself. I loved looking at the fashion and the way they were dressed. And I'd go to the swap meet with my mom and I'm like, I want these pants. I want these Nikes, you know, I want this, like it just impacted me. It molded me. And it was just a space in my room where no one was going to pick on me. No one was going to make fun of me. And I could be angry and start rapping or I could feel good, like a summer vibe and start singing. You know, it was just like my world that no one could take away and, and, you know, no one can threaten yeah, I, so I love that so much. And I relate completely. If I do a talk, I do whatever. I always talk about how I, you know, I was born in the 70s, but I'm a child of the 80s and how 80s was Reaganomics. It was all this excess. And it wasn't until hip hop that I was like, they might be on a whole nother coast. This is the beginning, kids. But, you know, hip hop comes from the East Coast, from the Bronx. Yeah. And I was like, but this is the first time I see people talking about similar stru- people that look like me or that yeah. I know of and I can relate to. And they're talking about real world struggles, barely mm-hmm. making it, trying to survive. And I was like, that to me, I can, can as, a, as a first generation Mexicana, Latina, two eggs away from the border, I can relate to that. The other stuff, love it, right? I can relate to hip hop and I can relate to the Smiths because it's depressing over here. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, yeah. and so, 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 but, but the thing is that I love about you because there's a lot of people in our age bracket that loved hip hop when it came out, but not too many of us. And especially not too many of us women and not too many of us Latina. So I gravitate towards them that we are in where we're at now where it still dictates. Like, we don't shy away from it. Like, this is called word to your mama. Like, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you, like there's always, we, 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 we evolve and we, we, we elevate, but it always informs us somehow, somewhere. And I feel like you're the same because, I mean, look at your background, your, like, your physical background. And then, you know, and I love that because, you know, I've had people on here, we all come from entertainment and and we all kind of started in hip hop and everyone's in different places winning academy awards emmy winners da 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 but we all come from this place of hip hop and we say that we're not fair weather fans hip hop has been there for us we have never abandoned it you know what i'm saying it's yeah. always and so i love that about you because you know especially as we get into you know what you do uh, more about what you do in your book you're in a certain area right the yeah. most people of color are don't even enter let alone Latinas. And and we see it because it's it's just ingrained in us because of the patriarchy and white supremacy. Oh, we got to assimilate. We have to change. But you are, what I like so far is that you are true to who you are. You're like, I'm going to be in this space. I'm going to take up space. But you know what? I'm going to take it up the way I feel comfortable. This is me. And I yeah. love that. So muchísimas yeah. gracias. you know, we're going to talk afterwards, but let's keep going. (laughs) Yes. No, thank you so much for saying that because I feel like, especially navigating both Texas and California, you know, Texas, most especially where you have to assimilate, like you cannot be enter 
corporate anything here in Texas if you're not assimilated. Like you will be frowned upon. And Mm. I think that's one of the reasons why I left Texas in pursuit of my dreams to move out to back to California to just be with myself and who I am at the core. And so I'm I am I'm proud to be back in Texas again and unapologetically myself. Fuck you and your assimilation. This is who I am. This is what I listen to. And this is how I communicate. And that's that on that. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I love that. And There's another way we relate too, because my brother's father, uh, I talk about him negatively on here, but we won't do that today. He's from Texas. He's Tex-Mex. And every summer we would take the drive from San Diego to Texas, New Braunfels, Texas. And I would get a bit of that every summer. Do you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, this is, this is different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The approach is different. I mean, Latinos were not a monolith. Like, even if you're Mexican, a Mexican in in Chicago is going to have a crazy different experience than Texas, than California. And you got to have both. And I feel like that could have impacted you negatively. But I feel like we are blessed that it has given you a positive impact. Um, Okay, so we did the hip hop. We did all that stuff. I listened to... We have another friend in common, the beautiful, wonderful light that is Ivan Hernandez from Decide Balance. Yes. Um, you were also, we were both part of her uh, summit that she had last year for the Mamas Mindfulness Summit, um, which is a beautiful thing. And um, we were, her and I were, we met because for a year we were a part of um, the Inspired Action Tribe, right? So, you know, she was like, I was like telling her, oh, I'm going to, you know, interview. I'm going to have a convo with your friend. Da, 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 da. And she was like, oh, she told me about they used to have uh, another podcast and what you used to do and stuff like that. So I went and I listened to the July 2020 episode of uh, Let There Be Loose. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy I did because I feel that that was a huge transition for you. And I wanted to find out, I'll have a link in the show notes so you guys can listen. Um, Because I think it's very interesting of how did you go from like a spiritual situation of of what you were putting out and what you were giving, the value you were giving to the community, to financial. And, and, And one of the things that really stuck out when I was looking at your site is part of your, you said part of your investment journey should involve healing. Right. And I was like, yes, because of especially black and brown communities, like what is what is our relationship? We did an exercise with the wonderful Wendy Amada and she was just like, just break down, just be honest. What was your relationship as a child with money? What was your parents relationship to money? And then you start seeing like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's why I am the way I am. Like, even if we've broken through, you and I, we're, we're founders, we're, we're entrepreneurs. I'm still trying to unpack this shit of how yeah. I see money, the scarcity, the survival. So please give us a little bit of, you know, how did you go from the spiritual to financial and how important is this healing that we need to do? Yeah, so I found that for me and in my personal journey, 
when I was excelling in certain parts of my life where, and and by excelling, I mean, I just was healing certain parts of my life. And because I was healing those parts of myself, I was able to excel, whether it was like confidence or, you know, what, whatever that experience was, or a a form of abuse as a child, whatever it was. But for whatever reason, when it came to money, I was falling flat on my face. Like I couldn't amass money. I couldn't, it was hard for me to price any of my Mm. services that I, it was hard for me to monetize on my business. And as an entrepreneur, if you can't monetize, you're dead in the water. You're not an entrepreneur. Sorry to tell you, (laughs) you know, you might be a creative, you might be, but you, in order to be an entrepreneur and to generate money and to be able to distribute money, which is so important Mm. in our communities to be able to hire other people of color and start distributing funds, you need to understand how to generate it. And I was having such a hard time in this space. And for me, it was very clear that money, it was becoming more and more clear that money is spiritual. And that money is a reflection of our self worth. And I think that in a spiritual space, that's a very hard pill to swallow because it's easy for us to chalk up money as something that is evil and not good. You should be doing things for free. You shouldn't be charging. And I think that I don't think that's the way source universe God intended for us to live. I don't think that the immigrant experience is like the holy experience. I think that immigrants have been taken advantage of. I think there's forms of abuse. And for us to carry that energy forward and think that by being that type of humilde or that type Mm -hmm. of humble that we're doing a service, we're actually doing a disservice. It's why we are in constant need in our communities for resources because we can't afford the resources as a community as a whole. And so for me, it became a mission of like, I need to figure out what is happening here and what it is that I need to break through. And then if I get this figured out and ironed out for myself, then hopefully there's something I can bring back to the community and share on what I've learned. Um, And so I had to unapologetically make that shift and I had to make that shift publicly. And it was extremely scary for me because I was worried that uh, uh, my ego, there's a part of me that's worried like my my community is going to hate me and or they're not going to, you know, transition with me. They're not going to understand me. They're going to think all of what I had worked for in the past was a fraud. And yeah, there might have been people like that. But for the most part, community was ready for this. Like Mm. they were ready to to understand their own money wounds and their own money stories. And so I it was like a calling from within. I knew I had to take the the leap forward. It's all I wanted to talk about. And I felt like I had talked about everything else enough and it was out there. It was living. Anyone can listen to my past work, but it was now time for like a level up almost in our community. And I hadn't heard anybody talking about stocks specifically, and I hadn't heard anybody talking about wealth it, in the way that I was talking about it at the time, tied to spirituality and tied to um, our wounds. So I was like, all right, this space is, it's waiting. It's time to take up that space. (laughs) 
Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell Yeah, and Please Believe It. Benefits include patron shoutouts, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. Your industry is loud and congested. How will you cut through the noise while maintaining brand integrity? Regardless of how talented and creative your core team is, nearly all businesses need some level of support in order to communicate their message. From brand identity and graphic design to experiential and digital, let the team at Ritzy Periwinkle help you speak your mind and translate rough thoughts into captivating action. Visit ritzyperiwinkle.com today to schedule a no-cost 30-minute consultation to discuss the best creative strategies for your business. That's R-I-T-Z-Y-P-E-R-W-I-N-K-L-E.com. Ritzy Periwinkle, let's build. I love that because you, you know, on paper real quick, you're just like, how do spiritual to financial? But when you listen to that episode and, and I think if you, the way you break it down, it makes sense. So mm -hmm. let's get into something that you have coming up next month. Yeah. A baby, a birth of sorts. What is it? What's the title and what can we expect? Yeah, absolutely. So I am... I guess once the book is out, then I'm officially a published author, but I will be a published author of a book, my very first book, which I know will be the first of many. It is called Wealth Warrior, Eight Steps for Communities of Color to Conquer the Stock Market. And in this book, we go into dealing with our own money wounds, our own scarcity mindset. There's also hip hop in the book. Of so course. that will that will be present there. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's exciting to be able to I, I think just let's just be real, like just to be able to say that I'm a published author in a space that has been dominated by white old men <laughs> and here comes this you know latina child of immigrants hip-hop loving woman that is that is sharing her perspective on it so it's it's exciting it's exciting 
So when is the official date that it comes out? The official date is April 11th. It is already in pre-sale right now. So you can head over to Target.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, Amazon.com, and you can place your order for the book. The pre-sale does matter. It's important for us, uh, for the publisher to know that we are interested in these types of books um, and that we're going to show up and that we're going to show out. I love that. We'll definitely have a link um, in the show notes for that. And, you know, also in doing research, I saw, am I mistaken, but is your editor a woman of color, a black woman? Yes. Yes. My editor is, yeah, amazing. My editor is a black woman and my publisher is a black woman and my agent is a Latina. And yes, like we... in, in here, in this room, the money that comes in through this office via this computer, we that's my top priority is always, always, always women of color. We're making sure that that's who we're working with, where money is being funneled. And it just so happens that they align with that vision as well. And, you know, had the universe, we found each other. They were actually... My publisher and my agent were taking Wealth Rules Everything Around Me, the course that you've referenced earlier. And they had been watching me do the course a couple of times. And then they approached me and said, we think you have a book. So it's pretty gnarly experience. That's amazing. Signs, symbols, and clues. So before we get into the questions and comments from the audience, what are some, maybe maybe one or two, whatever you feel like, what are some typical money wounds that we have as community? Yeah, I think the biggest one is our a deep-rooted belief that money is the root of all evil, which does come from a biblical reference. Um, however, the entire statement is, for the love of money is the root of all evil, not that money is the root of all evil. I think that's a really big one. And then this, the second big one that I see the most often, often is that we have to work hard for money. And most of that has to do because we've watched our parents work really hard for money. And so that is what we've learned that we have to do in order to generate money. And that's just physical labor and having multiple jobs is actually the opposite of generating wealth. It's more the use of your intellectual mind, uh, the ability to, um, to, to just think, to, to critically think and find solutions to problems. One thing I like to share all the time is like, if you take a look at every single thing that you are surrounded with that is on your body at one point in time, that was somebody's thought that existed first in thought formation, and then it manifested itself into real life. And so there's absolutely no reason, especially for, you know, children of immigrants, especially for Latinos, because we have, there's so much, we're so, there's so much, um, like ingenuity in us, our our parents having to come into this country and just think of how invent how to do things, (laughs) come up with ways to do things like that. So much of that lives within us that I hope that my hope is that the book and the root of the book simply just gives birth to incredible companies that end up become publicly traded Mm -hmm. companies in the future created by, um, you know, 
our community. Love that. Okay, let's get into the questions and comments from the audience. First one, you know, when it comes to financial, to financial area, I always want to ask what's the worst advice or misinformation she's heard in regard to finances? Even better, if it was advice to a person of color that she heard. I feel like there's so much misleading advice and info around. And this is by WTYN episode 119 guest Adrian, a.k.a. Book Papi, owner of World's Borough Bookshop in Queens, New York. Awesome. Thank you for the question. This is a really good one. I think the biggest lie is that the stock market is risky, followed by you have to be wealthy to invest in the stock market. I feel like those two go hand in Mm. hand. They both gatekeep our communities from exploring that space. And that that's a lie. Yes, I love that. Um, Okay, next question. What are EFT, what EFTs and index funds are you interested in? And this is by WTYM episode 92 guest Lucia Diaz, an amazing illustrator and Web3 artist. So uh, for those that don't know, uh, an ETF is a basket of stocks. Oh, it's an ETF. So, <laughs> yes. So it gives you the, the ability, but it gets confusing. It gives you the ability to purchase a basket of stocks. Um, which gives you direct stock exposure. I think that that is a great option because uh, you can rely on someone else's expertise to pick those stocks specifically. I'm not going to give stock picks because (laughs) I'm not allowed to do that. But what I will say is that I am extremely interested in the technology sector. That's not a secret. I really uh, Mm -hmm. think that Obviously, technology is the future, and that's where I set my eyes on. Sweet. Okay, next question. Oh, my God. Yes, she's one of my mentors. Question. What advice do you have for a teen, young, adult Latina about creating generational wealth? This question uh, is from one of your OGs from your Let There Be Loose chapter, and now in Loose We Trust student. Yvonne Hernandez of Decide Balance, who is also a previous WTYM guest. And I love her goal of, you know, teaching one million kids meditation. She's done so bilingually with uh, the Supernatural Bear that has a, a section here on Word to Your Mama. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Yvonne. I love you. <laughs> Yvonne is a hardcore OG. Um, so my best advice is just to have exposure into money content. As long as you have exposure as a teen, you're understanding what the words mean. Wealth Warrior is going to be the perfect book for that. We have a glossary in the back. My story is intertwined into the book, so it's not going to be heavy Mm. or boring. It's going to be fun and interesting, and I just make it really simple. I think that this is going to be such a great resource for our young community. I love that. Before we get into the not-so-rapid-fire questions, a.k.a. the slow-as-hell questions, what are you doing book tours? Like, what is your crazy—I'm sure you're, the rest of your is looking crazy, but what, what are some of the things that you're doing um, to present this? Is it, is it just for a certain age demo? Is it for everybody? What, what's, what's lined up for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the book is definitely for everybody. Um, I think it's important for us to understand how the stock market works. Currently, as it stands, only 15% of Americans are directly invested into the stock market. By directly, I mean not by having exposure via your 401ks or other Mm. retirement accounts. I mean directly owning shares. Only 15% of Americans do. And get this, the top 10% meaning the richest people in this country own 89% of shares. So I think it is important for us to understand what that actually means. And that the only what the only thing that is separating us from us owning our shares ourselves is resources. So the book is going to be an excellent resource for anyone that wants to understand how that system works. So I there's definitely it you can be in your 60s reading this book and you can also be a 15-year-old reading this book. Um and then we are definitely working on a book tour. We're definitely going to visit places here in Texas and of course head back to California <laughs> and visit some places there in California. We're also looking at New York and Chicago to do some um quick visits there at some local shops. We're definitely eyeing Uh, people of color owned bookstores that we can go visit. That is one of our main goals. Um, So yeah, follow us on Instagram and we'll be releasing all of the details on where we will be visiting here in the near future. Awesome. Um, Definitely when you're in LA, there's a bunch of places. One of my really good friends, assistant manager in one place. Definitely you got to, I'm going to connect you with Adrian, aka Book Papi, um, yes. World's Borough Bookshop in Queens, New York. I mean, his story is amazing. So you definitely need to stop there. There's also the Lip Bar is the only one in the Bronx, Afro-Latina owned. You got to go there. So yeah. definitely send you some some of that stuff. Okay, so let's get into the natural rapid fire questions, the AKA slow as hell questions. Are you ready, Linda? Yes, ready. <laughs> Three <laughs> words to describe yourself. Chingona. Please believe it. Um, An empath. Mm. And... Uh, it's going to be two words, a critical thinker. Cool. That's amazing. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Let's go with the worst piece of advice. And (laughs) (laughs) that's fake it till you make it. That's the worst piece of advice. (laughs) So the best is don't fake it till you make it. If you don't <laughs> fake it, you will make it. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Next song. And this is going to be interesting. What is your go-to song to get you hyped when you need it? Oh, there's so many. But right now, for me in this moment, it's mm-hmm. Nipsey Hustle Victory Lap. Because I, that I need that right now. I'm like, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I love that. So, so we have a playlist where I put everyone's hype songs on. It's oh, about cool. four hours long, and then whoever, whatever we put on there, I put it to the top. 
Nipsey, of course, has already been there, but we have everything from country to, to, to hard rock to everything. So we'll always have a link of it to, in the show notes so you could, you know, listen to everyone's and listen to Nipsey. Um, cool. I don't know, but I don't know if it's the same track, but Nipsey's on the for sure, definitely. Okay, final question. Linda, what will be your legacy? That I was fearless, Mm. that I did the damn thing, no matter how hard or how, you know, I don't want to say racist, but I guess racist the space was like, no, if it was racist, it was racist. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how much I was deterred by invading a space, I still went, went for it fearlessly. I love that. I love that. So, Linda, muchísimas gracias for for being on, sharing your story. I'm definitely, please, please, everybody just go pre-order that shit because, like she said, it does matter. We'll definitely have links. I'm going to pre-order after this. I'm excited because I had no, I don't need, I didn't know that that, you know, acronym was even incorrect because I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm excited. So, because you're going to be busy with the the book tour y todo eso, are you still offering, you know, the ream and any other stuff that, you know, is that still available? Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, we are getting ready to open up enrollment. It is a pre-recorded course that you get lifetime access to that mm. will be there forever that you can always revisit. We have two types of courses. The fan favorite is Wealth Rules Everything Around Me. It's fast. It's hard hitting. It's 10 hours long. So not too fast, but it moves at a fast space, the pace. And then we have uh, Stacks which is much more in-depth. We go into the economy. We go into different areas of growth within this system of the stock market. Um, But yeah, we're about to open up enrollment for both of those. Thank you for asking. Awesome. So if if it's a straight beginner, someone like me who has no idea of anything, ream first, and then is there a, a way to do it? I think I think it, it depends a lot on your personality mm. more so like if you're uh, I guess like into reading and and data and research and all of that I would say go with stacks and if you just like if you maybe are a little more impatient and you want something <laughs> that's fun and fast I'd say go with wealth rules everything around me uh, cool yeah. and so I'm definitely gonna take one of them. I'm a, I'll figure out which one. How long do you did it take you? Like who was your mentor? Like how did you get into that to learn all this stuff that you're sharing with the community? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I worked at Netflix um and during my time at Netflix, I had a colleague, a white dude that was super cool and he would always come to my cubicle and he would talk to me about owning Netflix stock. And Mm. I was so intimidated by him and he would get on my freaking nerves, (laughs) mainly because I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. And it was intimidating. And I was like, this is white boy doing at my (laughs) cubicle. Like we don't, this isn't, you know, 
But he was adamant and he would show me his portfolio and show me his growth and was very patient. And I think he realized I was intimidated and he would just like educate me continuously. And then Mm. I decided to take the plunge and I decided I wanted to take it upon myself to understand more what I was doing. I invested $200 a month consistently and then I ended up with an investment that grew to half a million dollars out of a very small amount of money. And I was at that point, I think a a bit furious on how do we not know that this exists? Like we don't have to work hard for money. Money has to work hard for us. But if we don't know, if we don't know where to direct money and where to point it towards, it's not going to work. It's going to be lazy AF. So, you know, I just, I, I, so I started in 20, uh, 2012, my education started. Oh, amazing. And, um, yeah. So I've been teaching myself ever since. And it has been the most difficult journey to teach yourself because you don't know, even though the internet is at our fingertips, like if you don't know, you don't know what to Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was time in the market, being an investor and then reading books and putting the book down and Googling one word and then reading the rest of the sentence, Googling another word in the sentence and till it finally came together and became like second nature uh, to me. I love that. And so are you still in contact with Homeboy? Like I'm not. I sepa la chingada que le pasó a ese güey. I don't know. I don't know, but you know, I did acknowledge him in my book and I oh, put nice. him in I don't know if he knows, you know, credit where credit is due always. Um yeah. so but maybe we'll reconnect at some point, but I have no idea where he is or what he's doing or if he knows that he's impacted me in this way or, you know. That's fascinating. Well, I hope, you know, you're, you're on your tour and you're on TV or whatever and he's just like, oh, shit. That's and then, you know, like I, I want to be a fly on the wall and see that moment because uh, I know it's going to happen. But again, muchísimas gracias, Linda, for being here and just for, you know, being another Latina that, you know, hasn't given up on hip hop. I appreciate yes. that so much because we're few and far between. Um, and thank you for this. I'm excited to, you know, really I, I've been saying this for a long time. This is the year I'm going to get into this. This is the year I'm going to learn this. But I'm, I think we might be similar. I just, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I want to do it right. Okay. And I want to, I'm, I'm going to nerd out. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to nerd out. So I know I didn't have the bandwidth, you know, and, it, and then with the, with the pandemic and, you know, just so many different things of, of how to, to pivot quickly. But I think this is a sign, symbol, and clue that... Yeah. I need to do it. So I'm super excited to get your order your book, to read your book and to do the course. I mean, it's it's like made for me. Like it's named Reem. Like and if yeah. you guys don't know, it's like based off a of cream, Wu Tang yeah. Clan forever. Like it's just too many things aligned. So um great. Muchísimas gracias. Sí, gracias. Thank you for having me. And now introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear. Hello, everyone. It is Supernatural Bear back again with another Supernatural Bear Corner. Um, I am really not feeling it today. Um, 
I've been doing homework all day. No offense, teachers, because I know one of my teachers might be listening to this. No offense, but also offense, but at the same time, no offense. I don't know. Homework sucks. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, homework sucks. It really sucks. Anyway, um, two things. I'm going to start off with one thing, because I've had way too many takes where I forget this. Um, it is important for our people to gain financial literacy because it's important and it's good to learn, I think. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think that literacy means something like to literature, like, huh? Like Shakespeare? To go into Web 3 or not to go into Web 3? That is the question. And financial, so like, make books about money from money? I don't know. I'm, I'm not into the whole Web 3 thing. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I haven't actually gotten into it yet. Because all I know is NFT, blockchain, metaverse, Web3, uh, Ola Metaverso. Hi, Mr. Ozzy. Uh, all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, st- I'm still learning myself. My mom's still learning. But I know almost nothing about it. Apologies. Please don't write me. Happened before. Okay, so moving on to the other thing that I wanted to point out. Um, I've just been working on a lightsaber animation right now, which essentially it's testing lightsaber physics. Uh, test. It's a test animation on made on scratch, and it tests lightsaber physics and how they move around and how um to get better at animating humanoid characters. Cause I'm normally used to animating ginormous robots that are humanoid, but they're still ginormous robots, so uh, things are able to, you know, move around and stuff. But for humans, not so much. Humans aren't as flexible. There's, like, a certain limit to the flexibility and how far you can go with them. Like, robots, they're... You know, assuming their transformation requires their waist to swivel all the way to the back, they can, you know, swivel their waist, complete 360, while humans, they can only do it to, hold on, let me see. Ow. Not even 90 degrees. Pathetic. Incredibly pathetic. So, like, there's limitations with humanoids. A lot of limitations. And I also wanted to make something with lightsabers, because, yay. Star Wars. Anyway, have you guys seen The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2? <laughs> Very good episode. I recommend it. It's on Disney Plus right now, so go watch The Mandalorian. Please. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Episode 122, Linda Garcia. Linda Garcia. (laughs) Right? Come on. Hip-hop, I mean, it's all over. It's all over. I love it. Uh, Dope, please make sure we'll have a link in the show notes, as mentioned, to pre-order that book. 
you heard it. It's important for the pre-sale. So let people know people want this. Let's get her on the list. Let's get her on the bestsellers list. And um, I will keep you posted because I definitely am going to do that, get um, pre-order that. And then also I'm going to take one of her class. I think, you know, I got to take Reem. Wealth rules everything around me, right? Because I want to get into this. So, you know, I got to go with the one that's calling me. And that's the first one I saw. It appeals to me on so many levels. So I'm going to try that. Um, also, Supernatural Bear, if you're new here, please believe it. I have, you know, we have to deal with this. It's He's from another world. He's 10, but like I said, he's 10 going on 40. He's been here before. And if you're listening to this, this drops on Monday, the, what is it, the 13th or something like that? Who's Yeah, the 13th. Just know that this is being recorded before we bone out to TFCon, Transformers Convention in Burbank. And he doesn't know it, but he knows that Peter Cullen is going to be there. And if you know who that is, you know who that is. If you know, you know. And he doesn't know that we got him tickets, a special ticket to get a photo with the great Mr. Peter Cullen. Like, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> I'm going to freak out, but I'm going to freak out for him because we, you know, I am, we did the inception about Transformers and then there's so many iterations. I mean, he takes Transformer classes, kids, literally takes a Transformers history from the, throughout the eras. And he, you know, the student has become the master. I don't know. He always tries to quiz me. I don't know. There's so many... <laughs> So many timelines and so many people and da 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 da. You heard how he talked about his animation for Star Wars, and now he's above and beyond Star Wars lore. Like, you know, same thing. the 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 student has become the master. It's 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 amazing to to watch him grow and do this and take something that you loved and take it to the next level because of the access, kids. The access that they have now, and if there's anything that he's interested in, we try to use that to. You know, to help him learn in so many different ways. Since we homeschool, it's like, okay, you hate writing? Well, write about something you love. Boom. You know, we had this amazing teacher, Miss um, Erin. Unfortunately, she retired. And she helped him by let, allowing him to do that and allowing him to thrive because, you know, it's like, what is he into? Naturally, he's going to learn the different art forms, the different, you know, foundations and stuff. But anyways, I'm super excited to learn about the stocks from someone that's speaking my language. So I'll keep you posted on all that. And if you take in the class, let us know. As always, muchísimas gracias for supporting this. You know what to do. You can become a patron. You can buy us a whiskey via buy us a coffee. You can buy something at the store. There's plenty of things. Buy something for yourself. It's not the holidays anymore. Well, you know, we're coming up on spring. You deserve something. Get yourself an enamel pen. Get yourself a T-shirt. Get yourself, a, you know, some printables. Do all that. Everything supports this podcast and what we do to bring you diverse voices. Okie dokie, Smokies. And you know what? Something that is free. You know how it is. If it's free, it's me. Tell your folks. Tell your peeps. Tell your friends. And as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritzy P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. 
If you want to know more, I want to email us. You want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by RitzyBarrowWinkle.com.